Welcome to r slash pro revenge, where OP forces a scammer to pay $15,000. Our next Reddit post is from Three Nations. A while back, my friend was selling some stuff online, and among the items was a water heater. You know, the ones that you see in every community hall or church kitchen. It was in working condition, so he threw it up online for 150 bucks. He got an email from someone who runs a landscaping business saying that it'll give him 100 bucks cash. Done. Two weeks later, he gets an email from the guy saying that it's not working. Weird. So, my friend offered to give a full refund or cover repair cost if it's under 100 bucks. The guy instead sends an invoice for $400 saying the repair's been done, and if my friend doesn't pay it in 48 hours, he'll send a debt collector after him. He paid the money out of fear and emailed him the confirmation. The landscaping owner then emailed him back, saying, This is the price you sometimes have to pay when selling second-hand electronics. Followed by, Have a great day. Don't let this hold you back. With a smiley face at the end of the email. A month later, my friend was in a bar, and he overhears a girl talking about how her boss, who runs a landscaping firm, screwed over some idiot selling a water heater. My friend says, Oh man, I gotta hear this. Do you mind if I join your table? And the girl said sure, and told the story. Her boss bought a busted water heater from a second-hand store for 25 bucks and a working one for 100 bucks. Then, he billed the seller for the repair of the busted one before he sold it for $300 to some community group. My friend asked, Who is this guy? I want to hire him to fix up my yard. She says the company name, and lo and behold, it's on the email of the guy my friend sold the water heater to, so he's the idiot in the story. He told me that he was pretty angry about it, but then COVID hit, so he had other stuff to worry about. 18 months later, he was browsing the website that he originally sold the water heater on, and he saw a bunch of landscaping materials. Shovels, gardening stuff, wheelbarrows, lights for working at night, drills, nail guns, some construction materials, and a generator. Now, apparently, where my friend lives, if you're selling a generator, then you need to have a warrant of fitness for it. That is, proving that it works, it's safe, no flayed wires, etc. Most people just ignore that detail, and he saw that this generator is being sold by the landscaping firm. He could tell, just by looking at this generator, that there was no way in hell it would have a warranty of fitness. And, word of note, if you fail to provide a warrant of fitness after two weeks, the punishment is a hefty fine and the courts often force the seller to refund the affected party and pay any cost they incurred. EvilPlottingMusic.mp3 He talked to his flatmate who agreed they would go 50-50 on the generator and he would transfer the money. Now, my friend had never met the landscaping firm owner face-to-face when selling the water heater. He had left it outside and pickup was confirmed via the security camera. And when he got there, it was clear the owner, this old, grumpy-looking man who enjoyed yelling at his employees, had emptied out his storage units. The owner was selling everything, as it is, no refund, and the flatmate showed him the transfer confirmation and they took the generator for 800 bucks. No warrant of fitness provided. They then took it to a friend of theirs who's an electrician, and he agreed to check it and give an invoice for repairs. To quote the friend, it would have been cheaper to buy a new generator, and to be honest, this generator shouldn't have been sold. It should have been scrapped. They also found that the main identifier number had been scratched off, but not a second number that's often recorded as well on warrants of fitness for tracking purposes. 
So they get back in contact with the seller, telling him the cost for repair. Around $5,000. He promptly tells him that he's not paying because he sold it as it is, no refund. And they asked him, do you have a warrant of fitness for this generator? Silence for two days. They followed up with another email asking for it. No response. They then ask again, and this time they get an email from him saying that he'll take it back for 800 bucks. They said, no, we want the warrant of fitness, and they got no response. They emailed him every day for two weeks. Nothing. So they printed out the original item listing that had been screenshotted and reported him to the website, and then the government. Four months later, my friend is in court and the guy went up to him. He tells my friend that he'll buy back the generator for 800 bucks. Then he said, You and your friend are going to go in there and tell the judge that you sold the item back to me and you want all this dropped. That's what's happening here. Full stop, end of story. And you're going to do what I tell you to do. My friend said no. So they went into the courtroom and it ended very quickly. The inspector the government sent out to inspect the generator said that it was in poor condition, it shouldn't have been sold, and it was highly unsafe. Also, the seller had tried to get a warrant of fitness for the generator in early 2021, but instead, he had been told that it had to be repaired or scrapped, and it wasn't to be sold. They identified this generator by the second number that he had forgotten to scratch off. The judge ordered the guy to pay my friend $800, pay $5,000 to repair the generator, and was ordered to pay a $10,000 fine, which would be given directly to my friend's flatmate as the affected party. When they left the courtroom, the owner was furious and told them that under no circumstances was he paying them a penny more, and that he couldn't understand what he had done to deserve this treatment. To which my friend said, Remember that water heater? The guy gave my friend a very confused look. Remember that water heater that you bought for a hundred bucks? Well, I do, because I sold it to you. And I know that you had a different one repaired and invoiced me for it. His jaw was on the floor, and to hit it home, my friend said, It's a bitch, isn't it, when what goes around comes around, especially when it accumulates interest. You have 48 hours to pay. Otherwise, a debt collector will be contacted. Remember, this is the price that you sometimes have to pay when selling second-hand electronics. Have a great day, and don't let you hold this back. And they left. He paid the $15,000 two days later. My friend and flatmate split the 10k 50-50 as they agreed. They got the generator repaired and also got a warrant of fitness for it before selling it for $1,000 with the newly replaced identifier number. They then went out for a wonderful dinner and a night out on the town. Our next Reddit post is from Moose Mord. So, a few years ago, I was a worker for this Baptist summer camp not far from my home. We'll just call it what it is. Hell. I had been a devoted staff member for three years, even managing the concession stand for one of them. I was a hard worker, consistently jumping in to do jobs that nobody really wanted, like trash, pulling weeds, restocking vending machines, etc. On top of that, I was generally the favorite staff member among the kids who rolled through camp. Now, camp policy was for staff to live on campus when they were working, which was, for most staff, a weekday-only ordeal. Those of us who worked weekends had to request it. I did this frequently because I genuinely loved the work that I was doing. I even worked the off-season as much as I could. 
Midway through my third summer in hell, I ended up with a really bad inner ear infection, so I took my allotted week off to recover. Toward the end of the week, I was asked to be on call for the weekend. I didn't have my driver's license at the time, and my family was going three and a half hours out of town for a weekend, so I requested to stay on campus in case I was needed. I was told that wasn't a problem, but they lied. Two hours after arriving on Friday, I'm called down to the dining hall where the week staff was having their final meeting to receive paychecks and debrief. I think nothing of this. I come walking into the dining hall, thrilled to see my companions for the first time in a little over the week, to find the owner of the camp there as well. We'll call this guy Phil. I would also like to add that Phil is the senior pastor of his church. He's also a racist, sexist, homophobic piece of human garbage who thinks that he can get away with murder because he's old and well-off. Phil asked me to come sit with him, and I oblige. As far as I was aware, he was pretty fond of me, so I wasn't concerned. I was wrong to think this way. The following conversation unfolded in front of roughly 30 of my coworkers. OP, what are you doing here, pal? I was asked to be on call, sir. I was told that I could stay on campus since my family is out of town for the weekend. I see. Well, we don't need you. You can go home. I actually can't. My family is out of town, my dad has my house key, and I don't drive. I'm sorry to hear that. You'll have to find somewhere else to go then, but you can't stay here. Phil, I don't have anywhere else I can go. Again, I'm sorry to hear that, but it's not really my problem, is it? You should have thought this one through. So, at this point, the entire room has gone silent. All of my coworkers are watching this in shock, completely unsure of how to react to this. Phil notices. You know what? I'm sorry, you can stay here. But I'm gonna work you hard, and you'll be working for the housing alone. I will not be paying you, and you'll have to figure out your own food. He then looks to the rest of the staff, who are even more horrified now, and addresses them. Am I being unfair? Do y'all think that this is unreasonable? I'm fuming. My face is probably very visibly red, and I'd love nothing more than to explode. But I do my best to stay calm through this whole thing. I say that I'll figure something out, and I leave without another word. That night, I slept on the side of the road, just off the property. The next day, I started forming my plan. My parents are aware of the situation, and they went desperately to come get me, but I refuse. I spend Saturday hiding in my coworker's room, and Sunday, I sleep in my room, because at this point, I just don't give a flying F. Monday morning, I make my way into the dining hall out of uniform and take a seat. When the whole staff is present, I stand. It was my day to deliver our devotionals, so nobody really thought anything of it. My speech was as follows. My fellow staff members, you were all present on Friday to witness the way that I was treated by our loving and fearless leader, Phil. I'm sure that many of you were uncomfortable through the course of our conversation, but I want you all to be assured that I got along just fine. Did I resort to sleeping on the side of the road like an animal? Yes. Did I hide on campus the rest of the weekend, having to beg someone to sneak food to me? Again, yes, but that's alright. I must ask you though, if Phil has no problem treating me this way after giving three years of my life to this camp, how do you think he's going to treat you? He was more than happy to put me on the street for a weekend, knowing that I had nowhere to go, and correct me if I'm wrong, but that doesn't seem very Christ-like to me. 
So you can endure Phil's mistreatments as long as you want, but I think that I've had enough. I quit. Phil, F you. I sincerely hope that you rot in hell. With that, I walked out the door, with 10 of my coworkers right behind me. The following week, I caught wind of another 15 employees quitting after enduring half an hour of Phil trash-talking me to the staff. The camp was left with maybe six employees as a group of 850 campers was coming through. And honestly, I've never felt so powerful. OP didn't say how old he was in this post, but I'm guessing if he was a camp counselor, he's probably really young, probably in the range of like 17 to 22. So pushing a young adult, maybe even a teenager out into the streets to just fend for themselves with no support network is incredibly cold and honestly, kind of dangerous. So Phil had it coming, OP. Our next Reddit post is from Bright Rick. This happened around 20 years ago. Our family owned two apartment buildings of three units each. We lived in two of them and rented out the other four. Our road has nothing but these types of apartment buildings lining both sides of the street for about a mile. Not all of the apartment buildings have parking. On the side streets, there are houses with very little street parking. We had more land than most of these units do since it was also our home. Therefore, we had parking for about 16 cars, and everything was fine for literally decades. Then, cars started appearing in our parking lots that did not belong to our tenants. I blocked one of the cars in one day. I went outside to see that this butthole drove through our bushes and across our yard to get out. I called the cops, and there was nothing they could do. So, I called a tow company and had them put up signs. We'd have to call them to have a car towed. And the signs seemed to work. No more random cars. Until New Year's Eve one year. I arrive home, and every single space is filled. There are even cars on the street blocking in other cars. I'm beyond pissed. I call the tow company, and they can't do anything for a few hours because they're so busy. We're in the Chicago suburbs, and it's below zero degrees out, so I have an idea. I dig out the lawn sprinkler and hoses. I run one of the hoses inside to the laundry room faucet and turn on the hot water. This way, the hose and sprinklers won't ice up, but the cars and ground sure did. Three sprinklers moved every half hour or so for almost five hours. Every single car and square inch of the parking lot was encased in ice. I made it a point to spray water inside of the car locks, between the window seals and glass, in the grills. I put away the sprinklers and hoses and went to bed. At 4am, I heard furious pounding on the doors and doorbells ringing non-stop. We just smiled and called the cops. We waited until they arrived and went outside. The cops were holding back laughter. These people were told to park here by their friend who owned an apartment several buildings away. This is the same idiot who drove over our bushes. I pointed to the tow sign and told these people to move their cars or get towed. In our town, cops can ticket on private property with the owner's permission, so all cars were ticketed. They were also towed since nobody could get to their vehicle. I wish we had it on video. That was r slash pro revenge, and if you like this content, be sure to follow my podcast because I put out new Reddit podcast episodes every single day.